On this week's episode of What the Puck, the Caps are back from California with five points. Kuznetsov gets his first NHL goal. And will Backy be back next game? All this and more on this week's episode of What the Puck. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It's a Washington Capitals podcast. Thank you for listening on iTunes, Stitcher, the Baltimore Sports Report Network, and CapsHill.com. Joining me, as always, we got my buddy, Coach Dan. What's going on, man? Uh, not too much. How are you doing? You know what? I'm doing good. The Caps, they went out to the Wild Wild West. They, they, they met up with a bunch of California teams, and uh, maybe too little too late, but I got to say, these guys on that road trip finally looked like they were hitting their stride and finally figuring out who they were. You know, we always talk about Jekyll and Hyde, and uh, it was very much a good, solid team out there in the West. Of course, they didn't come out with a win against L.A. when they were out there. But still, uh, this team, uh, I was very impressed with the way they played. They looked like a solid uh, solid team this week. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting uh, road trip. I think everybody, we went into that thinking that this was going to be just horrendous road trip for this team going up against a bunch of good teams when the Capitals don't do very well out West. You think they would get in all the sunshine after all the snow and ridiculous weather we'd be getting over here, that they they would appreciate a little sunshine, but it actually went pretty well. I mean, well, since we last talked, the team went 0-1 and 2. They had that shootout win over San Jose, which is the organization's first win in San Jose since 1993. Which is just freaking ridiculous. It took that long to win in San Jose. And then they had those two shootout losses to LA. Now, even with the, the the past week since we talked last, they did have a very good road trip in California. They came away. They could have gotten, what, a total of six points. They came away with five. That's not bad. Which I thought was amazing. Yeah. To be able to pull that off with wins over Anaheim, San Jose, and then the shootout loss to L.A., to be able to get five out of six points I thought was great. And to do that without Grabowski, without a real solid defense outside of two or three players. And to do that on the road, too. It wasn't and like on the you... road, it's, it's incredibly difficult. Yeah. You've got a bunch of young guys coming. You've got Chris Brown and Evgeny Kuznetsov, guys who don't have a lot of NHL experience. You've got Jay Beagle playing on the first line with Alex Ovechkin, which to me, even though it worked, still makes no freaking sense. And I don't think that's going to continue to work for them as they go forward. But to have to get that uh, the, the record that they got out there, you know, I thought was incredible. And to they need to bring it back home. They need to keep it going. I thought they... They, they blew it a little bit last night against L.A., and they should have been able to win that game. They were dominating after the first. And The thing this team has trouble with, I've noticed, is that they don't make adjustments necessarily or they don't do it enough because when teams come out in the second or third period, I mean, they, they end up getting beat. How many times have we seen this team blow a two-goal lead? I think Adam Vigan actually tweeted out, it might have been yesterday or today, that they've lost 13 games have been lost after the team has had a two-goal lead. Or they've had 13 two-goal leads blown, something like that. They may have come back and be able to win those games. But the fact is, if you have a two-goal lead, yes, it is called the worst league in hockey. However, if you have that opportunity, you should be able to hold on to especially a team that is as offensively talented as they should be. And when you have a two-goal lead, they got to learn how to take the foot and put it on the other team's throat and just close out games. 
Yeah, it's definitely a problem when these guys have those leads. We they've done this all the time. I mean, this is not something new this this season. Of course, maybe in this amount, uh, this has been a problem for for many years for the Capitals. They can't they can't finish off teams like that. Uh, I don't know what their problem is there. I think. That Plus maybe, the players. Yeah, I think I mean, maybe they just get this idea where like, oh, we, we got two goals, we can kind of sit back and relax and maybe just play a little defense. But we've talked about this many times, their defense kind of sucks. I mean, they're not really the greatest in the league right now. So uh, you really can't sit back and relax. you got to keep going. You, and like you said, you know, you put the, put the pedal to the metal and, and just get out there and do what you got to do because uh, this is what happens. Let's let's talk about the LA Kings game that was uh, in D.C. Uh, on, on the 25th. Uh, that game was very exciting to watch. If you're a hockey fan, it was at least a good game to watch. Didn't really end the way we wanted to. The Capitals came out early. I think that was one of the keys for this team is to get that first goal and really set them up. But uh, they they had two goals and they kind of let it slip away. Uh, that game really showed that these guys uh, they they are okay with sitting back, and you can't do that. You can't do that, especially with a team like L.A. Uh, who who knows how to win in the playoffs. They know how to get the, to the Stanley Cup, which the Capitals uh, have yet to be able to do. But let's talk about this, that they got one point from the game last night in L.A., and now there is a very tight race uh, in the East where I believe it's th- four teams have 80 points right now, Capitals being one of them. If they would have gotten those two points uh, on the 25th, they would have at least been ahead by one point against all these teams. This might come back in, in two to three weeks and really come back and bite the Capitals in the ass because it's going to suck for them when it's this tight. Every single point matters, like we've talked about before, and being up by one point could mean a lot down the road. Yeah, I mean, to lose these games, you lose, miss. I mean, we go and we talk about how great they did in California getting those points, and that's fantastic. But then you can't come home and lose points in your own building; it's unacceptable. And with everybody stuck at eighty points, the Capitals for for what, maybe an hour less than that that they were actually in the playoff race. Now they are, I guess, tied for. Uh, an opportunity to get into the playoff, into the wild card spot at the moment, but they're actually currently sitting on the outside looking in. They've got to go and and win most of their games the rest of the way out. Otherwise, they're going to be out. And then, you know, where they end up in the playoffs, if they even get into the playoffs, or if they miss out, you know, you're going to look back on a couple of games this season and go, well, what if? You know, what if what if they'd had that opportunity to go and win those games? So it, it's an interesting situation to look at because this isn't a a, a new theme. For this team, we've had plenty of years now where this team has had problems of being able to hold on to leads like things like that. And people in the past have said, oh, well, it's Bruce Boudreaux's problem or Dale Hunter didn't do enough in this situation. It's not the coaches. It's the players. It's the same guys, the same core they've had for a number of years now with Ovechkin, Backstrom, like seven for a little while, Green, uh, Alsner, Carlson. A lot of these guys have been around for a while. I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple of Brower and Brower's been here long enough that I would say he'd be part of the uh, problem, you know, to some extent, that there's a situation going on here and it's up to the players to be able to turn this thing around because it, if it continues to happen, and I don't think Adam Oates is going to get fired if they miss the playoffs, although, no, I think McPhee tends to hold off on things like that. Now, if they miss the playoffs and then have a bad start to next season, then things get very interesting. But, you know, I don't think it's the coaches. I think it's the players and these problems. It's always going to be on the players. It's not a situation where the coach is just in over his head. Like, I think somewhat like Glenn Hanlon was before he got fired, where it became a situation where he took them as far as he could, and now it was time to move on to somebody else. This is a problem that the players are bringing to this team, and they're the ones who are going to have to figure it out. 
Yeah, absolutely. Dustin Penner had a, a nice little soundbite after uh, after one of the losses this past weekend, and uh, he said, "This is a very young team, and and you know you, you can't." No, they're uh, not. That that's that's the point here. Dustin Penner, uh, he's new here, absolutely. Uh, but the young guns, except for Semin, they they are pretty. All of them are are still here. Uh, they're not young anymore. Yes, the, this is a very disjointed team because there are a lot of Hershey Bears up here. Uh, but you do have, you know, Orlov and Kuznetsov, and you've got, like, Patrick Way playing. You've got Connor Carrick up here. Uh, a lot of young guys who may not know the NHL system and may uh, may not know how to, how to be patient and stuff like that. But you got these guys like Ovi and Green and Backstrom. Uh, those guys, those guys are the veterans. You got Chimmer there. Those guys are the veterans now. They got to teach these guys, these young Hershey Bears, uh, what it's like to do that because the the team right now is a very mixed bag. They are a young team for the for uh, at least the majority of the games this season. The they surrounding have... players, I, I I agree, they're a very young team, but the core is is old enough that I don't agree at they, all. Yeah. With them. Said. They they should know better by now with the guys that are there. But this is this is a veteran team. But at the same time, it's a very young team because that. But I think that's a lot of teams really in the NHL. But we do have a, a lot of AHLers. We really do uh, on this team. So we'll see we'll see what happens down the road. Let's let's throw out some congratulations real quick though uh, to a couple Capitals: uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Chris Brown, and his first goal as a Capital, Dustin Penner. They they've all come away with goals this past week. Yeah, I thought it was pretty awesome. Both uh, Brown, both Brown and Kuznetsov had very timely ones. Brown's was the uh, game tying goal in their win over San Jose. Uh, although, did his was his the one that bounced off one of the San Jose players? I uh, I, I think it bounced off the goalie. Yeah, it, one way or another, it was a timely goal. Uh, and I, I'm really liking what Brown is bringing to this team. I certainly think he's an interesting player for this team, uh, especially going forward. You have a fourth line. I know um, Twitter buddy of mine, Jake Ware, was saying that he um, he thinks it would be an interesting lineup next season of Tom Wilson, uh, Chris Brown, and Michael Lotta, which I'm sure would end up like killing someone on the other team at some point in a game. <laughs> but I'd rather – I mean I'd personally rather see Wilson get more than just fourth-line minutes. But I think next season we could see an interesting lineup. I'd like to see Brown, Beagle, and Lotta. I think that would be a very talented fourth line to go out there and just not just hurt somebody, although that could be okay depending which team you're playing, uh, or just go out there and be able to stir things up and make things really interesting because those are – you know, you know, they're not all young guys necessarily. A lot of them Brown are, but uh, those are guys that are definitely grinders, checking line guys that can occasionally put the puck in the back. And we've seen a lot of be able to do it. Brown maybe starting to pick things up. Beagle, not necessarily, but he's he's a halfway decent setup, man, I guess. Yeah, I think uh, so. He gets a bad rap from a lot of bloggers in the, in the Caps world. But he, he Beagle? Gets the, yeah, he gets the job done. He's being, he's being asked to do way too much right now. Yeah, absolutely. Like, how are you going to ask him to play with him? I mean, I remember years ago when the Caps still had Yager. Whoops. And, uh... I think it was his Boyd Gordon's first season with the team or second season with the team. They're like, okay, first game of the season, we're having Boyd Gordon play with Yarmir Yager. Yager's going to bring him up into this league. And everyone's just like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, that's not good. Like, Gordon was, you know, they thought he might be a pretty good offensive talent at one point. Not the case at all. So, you know, it's one of those mistakes. But I wonder, you know, sort of the situa- same situation. You have this great goal scoring guy in Ovechkin playing with Jay Beagle who is a very talented, defensive-minded forward, not so much offensively. So that's definitely a problem there. But on to Kuznetsov's goal, talk about a timely goal. I mean, after completely blowing that game against L.A., he put them back in the position. And it wasn't just him. you got to give credit to Eric Fair on that goal because when the puck got sent, it, it, um, Jonathan Quick knocked it into the corner, puck went off his pads, and then the puck ended up behind the net. And Fair comes flying in on the right side of the ice, gets to the puck, sends it out in front to Ovechkin, who was still able to get a shot off. He not only got the shot off, but he knocked the 
I, I can't remember which player it was from the Kings, but he knocked the player's stick out of his hands because he shot the puck so hard, and somehow it fell to the side of Quick, and Kuznetsov had actually crashed the net a little bit, found the puck, put it in the back of the net. So both of those guys had very timely goals. You could see both of them were very excited, Kuznetsov especially. Oh, yeah, uh, he, he was Orlov, going crazy Orlov early. Orlov especially for Kuznetsov. So I thought that was great for both of those guys. And, and, and it was really cool. Ovechkin actually got the puck from the back of the net and held onto it so Kuznetsov would have that and made sure that uh, he was able to keep that puck. It's really cool because uh, you see Ovi just kind of crash into that net and then look for the puck, find it, and just cu- cover it up and take it with him. But uh, Kuznetsov, uh, he, he he scored a goal that we need to see more from the Capitals. We need somebody, you know, like you always say, put the butt in front of the goalie and, and get in their face. Well, that's something what Penner is bringing to the team. Yeah, and, and, but you see, that's what we need to see more of for the Capitals. We need to see that the, the Kuznetsov goal wasn't a pretty goal. It wasn't, you know, tic-tac-toe, boom, it's in the goal. That's pretty to me. Pretty <laughs> good timing. <laughs> but, you know, it wasn't. It was like, oh, this is the, he, he's he's aware, he's looking, he finds the buck, boom, he gets it in there. Like, you need to be able to to, to pressure the goalie a little bit. It can't be, you know, a shot from the outside or, or something from, like, the OV point every single time. It's got to be goals that are up there where you're fighting for it and you got to get back there. Kuznetsov, I, if, he, if he plays like this every game, uh, I'm going to be so happy that he's a capital he was definitely worth the wait uh as long as as long as he keeps this kind of play up because i loved what i saw from him that was i I was a huge fan of that goal i thought he was in the right place right time i mean absolutely perfect positioning by him so really uh uh, congrats to him for for that because it really was a beautiful goal yeah i mean because netsoff i think is is exactly as advertised we haven't really seen any of the highlight real goals just yet but i do think those are coming I want to. Um, I want to see him canoeing like he did when he uh, celebrated the, a couple years ago no, with his I, hockey well, stick. Let's not get a target on his back or anything. To do anything <laughs> stupid. But the fact is, the kid's got a lot of talent. Uh, he can set others up. He's been doing a very good job of that. No one else seems to be capitalized necessarily. Although he had one game, he was doing really well with that, and, and people were actually taking advantage, uh, as well as being able to make plays for himself. I think once he adapts a little bit more to the NHL game. But the thing is going to be, it's, as he gets more uh, comfortable with the NHL game, to then see the defenses are going to start. A, sort of figuring him out to see how he can change his game up a little bit to be able to deal with that. I think all the great players have found ways to sort of deal with the defenses as they adapt to them. So it'll be interesting to see how his career goes. I don't think that's going to happen this season, but next season is going to be interesting to see where he ends up uh, on this team. And, uh, I mean, it's, just, it's been very exciting to see him. I went back and I was actually watching that goal a couple of times as I was writing my notes earlier, just sort of see how that whole thing's set up and to see how he just, you know, the kid just wants to be out there and play hockey. He's having a good time. He's having fun. I love the fact that he's willing to go to the net and uh, and it's just it's finally it's kids is just finally he's over here playing it's just great to see his, his attempt on the shootout though uh, not as pretty. Let's me make this point: he may be two for three, but he has yet to be stopped in the shootout, except by himself. Well, yeah, okay, minor issue, but the fact <laughs> is he has yet to be stopped by a goalie in the shootout. Yeah, that that was. Let's uh, hope he doesn't have another opportunity because I'm tired of these freaking shootouts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, we should we should have seen that coming. The fact that the Caps would go to a shootout this has just no, been their no, mo. No. Yeah, it's just like, stop it. Stop giving the other team. Although in the West, who really cares? So stop giving the other teams points. And the thing is, the tiebreaker is what is it? Regulation wins or something like that. So every time they have to go to a shootout, it's hurting their opportunity to have that tiebreaker. I think they're already screwed in that regard. They already messed that up earlier in the season. So. It'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. If it's, they have to win all these games, they can't end up in a tiebreaker because they're going to lose out. Right. Yeah. So uh, what else? What else we got to talk about? Uh, Dustin Penner's goal. That was that was a nice one for him. Uh, I don't really. He... Uh, that was a layup. It was what he was just hanging out. That was a layup for him. I mean, he was just what was the puck came out in front. The goalie was in the other 
He was across the net from it, and he was just like, all right, and just put it in the back of the net. But I think it was great. I mean, the fact that he's playing fourth line minutes, I think, is he's still adapting to Oates' system. We saw that with Grabowski when he first came over. Um, the first couple, what was it, first couple of weeks almost of the season, he was playing like third third line minutes um, until he was more comfortable. And apparently Oates' system was just very confusing because a lot of these guys had trouble. Remember last season with the way they started, they all had a lot of trouble figuring out how to play it. Uh, so maybe Penn are still learning the system a little bit, and they're not—they're sort of putting him in a fourth line minutes until he adapts better, and then we'll see him on a second or first line spot. Um, but yeah, I think he's been a great pickup, and I think it'll be interesting to see what, if they uh, if they want to keep him in the offseason. I think you know they're going to have a decent—I haven't looked at it yet, but how much cap space they're going to have? But they're going to have a decent amount of cap space that they're going to have some openings to fill. And if they decide to hang on to uh, to Penner, I think that'll be a good pickup. I don't—I haven't looked at it yet to see the free agency to see if there's an opportunity to go out and and sign someone. Although with McPhee, we've seen it. He doesn't want to go out and make that big free agency move. He'd rather make a trade. So you know, I'd be curious to see if they decide to hang on to Penner. I don't think it'll happen until the until the offseason. But they got some interesting moves to worry about. I mean, you got Penner. That's going to be a free agent. Grabowski is going to be a free agent. Um, someone else who I can't remember at the moment. Halak. Halak, is yeah, be that'll be a big I, one. I thought I saw on Twitter that the Cavs were actually looking to re-sign him. Which would I think? I wonder if that would make Braden Holby go, uh, guys, it's not funny anymore. Well, I'm going to be wearing this baseball cap a lot now. <laughs> I hope he's comfy. But I mean, it's I got to give Holby credit. He hasn't come out and thrown a, a you know what storm about all this. And but I also would not be surprised if he came in the offseason. If they re-signed Halak to like let's say two three years, if he came out in the offseason and said, look, um, I'd I'd rather go play somewhere else. I, I wouldn't put it past him, and I wouldn't I wouldn't blame him. The kid's shown that he can play in the NHL. But maybe it's a, a situation where they may sign Halak to a one- or two-year deal um, because they're still not comfortable with Holpe learning the, the a different style of play necessarily. and um, They want to give him another season to sort of figure it out. Yeah, we'll see what happens to Holpe. Halak is the number one guy right now. And uh, even though he, he did get one game in California, it definitely wasn't the plan for him to get one of those games. It seemed like Halak just wasn't feeling right, but... Uh, Halak is flu or something. Yeah, Halak is making himself at home. I mean, that's that's his goal right now. So uh, we'll see what happens in the off season. Uh, let's talk about this though. Let's talk about what happened during this LA Kings game in the in the last few minutes. Uh, that big collision between Ovechkin and Jack Hillen. Man, was that a scary sight. Jack Hillen looked like he was absolutely out of it. Had no idea where he was. Um, luckily, it looks like Ovechkin's okay. I was really worried with Hillen due to the fact that you know he just came back from from uh, having all this time off due to all these leg problems. I thought, I, I, I think it was absolutely a concussion, but the fact that, uh, you know, the, they hit, it's easily, uh, you're easily able to, like, re-injure a, a leg or something like that in those kind of collisions. But, wow, that was one scary sight on the ice. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Hillen was unconscious. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. He, I mean, he came up and just, it, it, you, when Ovechkin's, a, he's a big boy. So when you get hit by him, and you need to, I mean, Ovechkin didn't even hit him. He just kind of ran into him. So it makes you wonder if Ovechkin actually tried to hit him, what would have happened. But I think it's it, – it's, like I, I'm not a huge fan of Hillen being on this team, but I still feel bad that the, that dude just cannot stay healthy. Yeah. And the fact that like – it's one thing if you're like, okay, you go and you get hit by the opposing team and your ankle explodes. Or you know you get hit at a, a, a shoulder to the head or something and you get a concussion. But the fact that you got hit by your own teammate is just like, what are the odds? And if it's going to happen to somebody, what are the odds would happen to Jack Hillen? So the fact that these things just keep happening, the dude's just snake bit. I mean, he's just got no luck this season and last season. And 
you know, he's not one of those guys that you got to wonder, is he going to be someone they're going to hang on to next season? Or, you know, I, I, I'm blanking on whether he's a free agent or not after the season. I think I want to, oh, I can't remember at the moment, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where the defense has just got problems. And now with Hillen potentially out, Hillen was playing with Green. So do they put Orlov back with Green? Because Orlov and Way actually look like they're doing pretty well together. You know, do they call somebody up? Does that mean Erskine's back in? Because he's been having a great season. Um, you know, so Oates has got some problems on his hands. And a lot of these problems were brought to him by McPhee by not going out and acquiring steady defensemen in the offseason. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what, what they decide to do. Like, there are uh, a couple different options that he could do for the defense. But hopefully, Jack Hill, it's not anything too serious. Uh, I, I mean, just from the looks at it, I was just like, man, I, that's like, that's at least, I mean, by the bare minimum, a concussion. Uh, just because that was such a scary sight because, I mean, just he was flat. I mean, he was just – there was no movement, too, which really scared me because I was wondering if it was like a stinger or something like that. Uh, but luckily he was able to get off the ice. He was skating off. He definitely had some, some help from two of the capitals and one of the trainers, but he was able to get off the ice. Um, so, so hopefully he's, he's, it's, hopefully it's nothing too serious. that will keep him out of a lot of games. Uh, another one that was a big hit last night was on Nick Backstrom, who, who left the game, uh, and didn't return, uh, afterwards. So it looked like he had an upper body injury, but, uh, Nick Backstrom, uh, a huge part of this team, uh, very, very much needed uh, for this team. But um, it looks he's at least saying he's not going to miss any games. But uh, that that was another scary hit for this guy. Yeah, we'll see if he plays Saturday against the Bruins. But if he can't play, that's a huge problem because if you you already got Grabowski out, then you have Backstrom out. That's your top two centers, and then you have to go up against the Bruins without them. I mean, who are your centers now? Is, is Oates finally going to move Johansson back over to the center spot? I mean, I know he likes Johansson better as a winger, but you may need him in this case because otherwise you got what? Beagle, Fair, Brown, and uh, Beagle again? Do, do you try <laughs> Kuznetsov at the center? I mean, he's he, he hasn't really done a lot of that, but do you try him out? Because that was, uh, that was one of the options at least a year or two ago. <clears throat> I mean, I think it almost makes more sense to keep him on the wing just because he, he's still getting used to the league and – into Oates' system. I don't think you want to necessarily throw him into a brand new uh, spot with different responsibilities just yet. I would rather them, you know, they might call someone up, like uh, probably call up Casey Wellman again and have him play in the center spot. But I mean, Backstrom says he's, he's not going to miss any games, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see if he practices tomorrow and if he's back. And then they've been saying Grabowski may be back soon. So who knows? We may be worried about both these guys right now, and then come Saturday, both of them are playing. You know, so we never know. And it's supposed to be warmer outside, so maybe they'll be able to go outside and not get, you know, frozen or something and frostbite and not be able to play. I like so, I like that last last scenario. Both of them playing and it being warm out. So I'm totally fine with that. I'll one. take that. So Let's go with that. So it's like you gotta take the good with the East Coast you gotta take the good with the bad. Yeah. <laughs> warmer but raining. It's ridiculous. But yeah, no, but it'd be great to see Backstrom I mean, I th- I think he's gonna play. I wonder if last night was more of a precautionary thing, uh, depending on what his injury was. Of course they're not going to say and then Grabowski, I believe he's been skating with the team and practicing with the fourth line. So, and that's, that's what teams tend to do when they bring a guy back. They may, you know, throw him out there with fourth line on in practice, not give him as many as much time, and then sort of amp up his workload to see if he's ready. But I think the biggest thing with Grabowski right now is making sure he's actually ready to play before you throw him out there. Because last time they threw him out there, and I'm not saying they brought him out too soon, but he got hurt real quick again. He did, yeah. So I, you got to make sure he's ready to go because if you make the playoffs, you're going to need a guy like Grabowski. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what else we have to talk about in Caps world? Uh, it looks like the last little thing I got in my notes is that the Caps signed center Caleb Herbert to a two-year entry 
level deal. Herbert was drafted by the team back in 2010 in the fifth round. So uh, that's pretty impressive that he's able to actually get a contract. Fifth round guy, you never really know. It's sort of a, you know, you throw it out there and see if the guy actually does well. Uh, he played the last three years at the University of Minnesota Duluth. So that's interesting. And it looks like he's uh, he'll be playing in Hershey, and uh, we'll see how he does. And this is another guy kind of keep an eye on and see how he ends up being in a couple of seasons. Very, very cool. So it's always good to have guys like that coming up. So it's depth. It's nice to see the team have depth. It'd also be nice to see if they had any solid defensive depth. <laughs> definitely that defensive depth. That's definitely a, a big, a big thing for these capitals right now. Cause they have none. No, one guy gets hurt and you're like, Oh man, what are we going to do now? So they get some depth in there. That that's definitely a good thing. So, uh, if that's it for Caps World, we're going to go up 83 and talk some Hershey Bears, Reading Royals, and even some Erie Otters. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick pit stop in Baltimore. And we're going to, this is a quick word from the Baltimore Sports Report Network. What, what, what the fuck? What the fuck? He's a member of the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Find more podcasts like this at BaltimoreSportsReport.com. All right, here we go. We're going up 83. We're talking Hershey Bears, Reading Royals, Erie Otters. We got all kinds of minor league hockey to talk about. But, Coach Dan, let's start off with Hershey. What's going on in Chocolate Town? Uh, well, not a lot of good stuff. Since we last talked, Hershey went 1-2 and two yeah. with a win over Providence, but losses to Worcester and Manchester. Uh, the Bears currently sit at fourth in the East Division with 72 points. They are five back of third and the eighth spot in the Eastern Conference. So Hershey has got to go on a run. Otherwise, they will not be playing in the Calder Cup playoffs. Now, uh, Reading, on the other hand, went 2-1 and one since we last talked with wins over Gwinnett and Kalamazoo, but a loss to Evansville. Now, the Royals currently sit at first in the Atlantic Division with 83 points and are second in the Eastern Conference, but they are only a point off of first place Kalamazoo. I just think that's a funny name. I don't really know why. They just—it sounds funny. Too many, too many vowels. I think uh, that's the past week in the AHL and ECHL. What about the Erie Otters? The Erie Otters—they are still in the OHL playoffs. They're doing really well, actually. Right now, as we're recording this, they're after the second intermission of uh, of the fourth game. Uh, the Erie Otters came out and they they won the first two, lost the third game. Uh, but our, our boy—the reason why we're covering the Erie Otters is Caps prospect Andre Burakovsky. He has scored uh, in this game, making it 4-1 as it stands right now in the fourth game. And he actually has six goals in four playoff games. So that's pretty crazy. He's gotten six goals. And this is uh, ten straight games for him dating back to March 5th to have goals in. So ten straight games having goals in. So this guy, uh, we, the, the Capitals are very worried about him staying over in Europe. They wanted him to come over to the Erie Otters, kind of get a feel for what uh, what this type of hockey is in in the U.S. and Canada. So uh, he seems to be flourishing right here. So uh, before we leave uh, 83, uh, with the Erie Otters doing well, especially with Burakovsky doing Doing so well, I mean, making it four-one right now in the fourth game. So the Eriotters are looking good right now. Uh, what are the chances that we we see this guy at least playing a, a few games in the Capitals maybe next season? Because he's obviously turning a lot of heads if he's over here in the U.S. and he's excelling. I think he's got to have a strong training camp, uh, strong preseason, all that stuff if he wants to be able to go out and make the roster. And they need to have a, an opening for him. If we go and look at this team, let's say the Caps go out and resign Tustin Penner, so you have potentially your top six of Penner. We don't know what's happened with like, so we'll ignore that part. But with, you know, potentially you would have Penner, Backstrom, Ovechkin, Johansson, Kuznetsov, Brower, and potentially Grabowski. You know, someone's going to get bumped out of that top six role. 
Uh, it, it's hard to see where Burakovsky may fit in. Uh, maybe you bring him up and play him on the fourth line like you've been doing with Tom Wilson next season. It's a possibility. But if the kid is scoring at this kind of rate, you know, it makes you wonder what could being in the OHL next year, or I, I'd have to check him for where he would be or if he'd be in Hershey. Um, you know, but it, with the kid, way this kid's playing right now, I certainly think he's going to get a real strong look going into next season. Uh, or even if the Caps can make the playoffs potentially this season. I mean, we saw Tom Wilson last year. He ended up playing in what, the the up in um, with London. And that was it with London? The London Knights, right? And then he went over and was playing with Hershey, and then he was playing in Washington. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, if Burakovsky ends up, you know, if, if things don't go well for Erie, if he ends up playing with one of the Caps minor league affiliates uh, in the uh, in their playoff race. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what, uh, what they're going to do. I mean, he's definitely looking uh, really good right now. He, he seems to be getting the system, at least in Erie, so he looks like he knows what he's doing in the U.S. I mean, to have that many goals in the playoffs, that's definitely a great deal. Of course, the OHL is nowhere near being the same league as the NHL, but we've seen what you can do uh, with, with Tom Wilson and guys like Connor Carrick who play in the OHL, have a good developmental camp, have a good uh, have a good training camp, and then they, they play for the Capitals. So uh, if there's room for this guy and he he does that stuff and does everything great over the summer i can definitely see him donning one of the red jerseys for the capitals uh sooner rather than later possibly even next season i don't know how the whole contract thing works if he's even allowed to play in hershey next year or or not but uh i'm interested to see what they do uh this this kid uh, is definitely turning a lot of heads in the ohl and and excelling very very much so so uh very interested to see what's going to happen to him in the future and uh good luck to the Erie otters as as they continue to go into the uh, ohl playoff so uh if that's it for up 83 now it's time to go around the nhl All right, now here we go. We're going around the NHL. Coach Dan, we were talking before the show started. Uh, it seems to be as if everyone's kind of behaving this week. Yeah, I don't have anybody getting suspended, though we do have a couple of people getting fined. Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. First, San Jose, Anaheim, St. Louis, and Boston have all clinched playoff spots. So you guys are jerks. Let us clinch, too. Remember the days when the Caps would clinch a playoff spot by now? Uh, Weren't those fun? Good times. Good, good, good times. <laughs> Anyways, uh, congrats to Chicago head coach Joel Quenville on being just the third coach in NHL history to reach 700 wins. He joins Hall of Famers Al Arbor, who had 782 wins, and Scotty Bowman, who had 1,244 wins. I don't think anyone's going to be catching that number anytime soon. Uh, going back to the people getting fined and but not suspended, uh, the NHL has fined Pittsburgh's James Neal $5,000 for a cross-check to Detroit forward Luke Glendening. And then not to be outdone, uh, the NHL also fined Detroit forward David Langwan for butt-ending Pittsburgh forward Yevgeny Malkin. Apparently butt-ending is a thing because it's Seth Spearing. I'm not entirely sure what a butt-ending is. I just thought it sounded funny, so I wanted to make sure I kept that. Um, and then whoever injured Malkin, come on, man. He's on my fantasy team. You guys are killing me. But apparently he's going to be out three weeks. Thanks, Malkin. Fantasy team is screwed now. Uh, Carolina signed defenseman Justin Falk to a six-year, $29 million deal. Capit comes out to $4.833 million. So he'll be sticking around in Carolina for the next six years unless he gets traded, of course. That is the news. That's all the news for the past week in the NHL. All right, yeah, it's been a pretty quick week for the NHL. We are in. We are down to the nitty-gritty, man. We are in single digits for regular season games for these Capitals. So let's talk about the ones we got coming up. On Saturday, March 29th, the Capitals, they are at home, and they welcome in the Boston Bruins. 
playing at 12.30, and that can be viewed on Comcast Sportsnet. Then on Sunday, March 30th, the Capitals, they go to Nashville, and they're going to meet the Predators. That game starts at 8 o'clock, and that's a Comcast Sportsnet. And uh, bad, bad timing there. It's up against the uh, the season finale of The Walking Dead. Terrible timing there, guys. What are you doing? I know, right? And then, no joke, guys, no joke. They're also playing Tuesday, April 1st, and uh, the Capitals will be home, and the Dallas Stars will be coming to town. 7 o'clock start. Comcast Sportsnet is where you can watch that so three games uh we've talked about it all show we've talked about it on old shows they need every single point they can get so it doesn't you can't uh you can't take a break you can't take the foot off the pedal uh all of these games matter right now only nine games left three of them within the next week uh we're gonna we're gonna by this time next week we'll be talking about uh what the capitals is gonna have to do or if the playoffs are even an option anymore after that week but uh it's gonna be some tough ones i mean bruins come to town they, like you said they've already clinched a playoff spot they're always a tough team to go against, uh, but uh, I think that's really going to show on Saturday uh, if these Capitals will be ready for the playoffs and if they're going to be a playoff team with having a team that's already made it and uh, whether or not they can play uh, well against them. Yeah, I mean, this team has got to go out and win every single game. There's no question. I mean, they have, what, nine games left? Nine games. So, uh, nine games. So, it's going to be, I mean, you got to go out and get points in every single one. you got to steal points from teams. I mean, you can't really steal once with the Brewers because they're already in, so screw them. But the Devils, you definitely need to get points against. The Islanders, you have to get points against. Uh, the Hurricanes and the Lightning, you will. I mean, you need to get points against all of these teams, as many as you can, uh, to be able to get into the playoffs. It's, it's, you know, it sucks, but we got to do a lot of scoreboard watching now to see how Columbus does, Toronto. Although Toronto seems to be pretty much crashing and burning at the moment. So we've got to keep an eye on them. Uh, the Rangers need to start losing. You know, a lot of teams need to lose some games. The Caps got to pick up some some pretty key wins if they want to be playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, absolutely, they do. So, best of luck to those guys. Uh, three big games: Bruins, Predators, Stars. Capitals got to come away with everything. Hopefully, within the next three games, we get to see uh, Mikhail Grabowski uh, back in the lineup. Hopefully, Nick Backstrom's okay. Hopefully, he's in the lineup as well. Uh, so let's let's hope everything goes the way it should. Now, Coach Dan, have you? This is a little off topic for the for hockey or whatever, but have you been watching The Walking Dead? Of course. All right, well, it is the season finale. Let's talk about this before we go anywhere. This is really weird because we've never done this before. Terminus, good or bad, what do you think? Oh, man. That's tough. See, I read the comics, so I'm, I'm kind of – Terminus is not in the comics, so I have no idea what they're doing. Um, I'm going to go out and say both. Good and it's bad? Going, it, hold on. It's, go, <laughs> it's going to seem good. It's kind. Of, I think it's going to be kind of like Woodbury, but a little different in the sense that like there's not going to be necessarily a, a borderline sociopath running it. Right. But um, it, there's going to be good aspects of it, but in the end, it's not going to be what they needed. Okay. I I have my own theories. Um, I don't want to be spoilerific for anybody out there. I have not read the comics at all, so I I have no idea. I can tell you, Terminus is not in the comics, so I have. I mean, there's. I'm sure there's going to be, like, parts of the comics that they're throwing into Terminus. Yeah. Just like the whole CDC thing was not in the comics. Um, uh, different things with, like, Herschel's Farm and everything. That was very different than it was in the comics. Certain characters are still alive in the comics that are not in the um, show. Right, like, so, Daryl doesn't even exist in the comics. Daryl doesn't. One of the fa- Everyone's favorite character in the show doesn't even exist in the comics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I have not I have not read the comics. I'm a huge fan of the show. Uh, but when I go online and I kind of look up what what's people's theories are or whatever, I'm not going to ruin it for anybody, but I keep hearing the C word when they're talking about who might be at Terminus. So 
I'm very intrigued to see to see what happens here. Uh, personally, I don't think it's a good thing. I think it's going to be one of those like, oh, thank goodness, we, we it's a new prison where everybody's fine, and and then and then nothing good happens. I just don't don't think it's going to happen. And and everyone was happy with with Maggie and Glenn back together. And you know what The Walking Dead does every single time. You're very happy for a character. Something something terrible happens next. Something so terrible. that's my prediction. Something terrible is going to happen to Maggie and Glenn, which I don't want to see go because Maggie, I don't don't go anywhere because you just she's so pretty. She's just so pretty. Yeah, they 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 got to they they got to keep the uh, female uh, cast members there. Yeah, I mean, uh, technically, we already lost Beth. We don't know what's going to happen to her. But that's true. Well, she was on the following for an episode, so that's she it. had to go. Do something else for a moment. Yes, but don't don't get rid of Lauren Cohan. I love her so much. But she's good. She's good. Yes. All right. So the, the, we're off topic, but hey, it's the Walking Dead season finale. Of course, we're going to be off topic. But if you want to talk Walking Dead or the Capitals, you can tweet to us. Uh, tweet to me at Brando Cash and Coach Dan. He's on Twitter as well. Where can people tweet to you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan. You can also find me at Capitals Outsider. Dot com. Actually, uh, formulating a new article in my head. Finally, I have a new one that should be coming out in the next couple of days. Um, letting it marinate, letting it marinate a little bit. Not letting it marinate. I'm trying to figure out the hardest part is writing the beginning. Hmm, I yeah. can't. I'm always sitting there. And I'm like, what the hell am I trying to say? <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can go and find me at capitalsoutsider.com. But Brandon, what about the Brando Cash Network? That's right. I thought you were the Walking Dead for a second there. All right, so if uh, you want to check out more information, more news about uh, What the Puck and the Brando Cash Network, go to BrandoCash.com. That's our new hub for all information about this podcast and all the other podcasts on the Brando Cash Network. Uh, You can also like the network on Facebook, Facebook.com slash BrandoCash. Like us over there. You can like the show on Facebook, Facebook.com slash WTP Podcast, two Ps in that title, and tweet to us at WTP underscore podcast. Podcast. So there's plenty of ways to be social with us. Let us know what you think. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, the Baltimore Sports Report Network, and CapsHill.com. Leave us an iTunes review. Uh, tweet to Caps Hill and the Baltimore Sports Report Network and let them know uh, that you listen to the show on their on their websites, on their networks, and uh, that you dig what the puck. Now be social with the show. Let people know on social media that you are a Caps fan, you're a proud Caps fan, and that you listen to What the Puck. So let people know on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and Pinterest and Instagram and Vine and Reddit. Anywhere you are social on the web, let people know. Write us an iTunes review so we can get a little bit more uh, recognition in the iTunes world. So thank you for listening to What the Puck. Like we said, there's only nine games left. Enjoy the three in the next week and chant. Let's go This has been a production of the Brando Cash Network. Music mixed and produced by DJ Wolfman. What's going on in Chilla? Nah, that's a great. Where are we, we going? We haven't had any good uh, bloopers recently. That's a good one. We're going to chill out. All chill. Right. I mean, We're going to chill town. Outside, I guess we could. Let's go to chill town. We didn't remember that from Big Brother. Did you ever watch that show? No. Oh, man. They were... I, I'm not a big reality TV guy. I, I, I'm not anymore, but they were hilarious. I'll, I'll send you one of their – this was like before even YouTube, so the quality of all the videos are terrible. But anyway, okay. Let me try that again. <clears throat>